0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. Hello and welcome to Reimagining Motion, podcast from the High Volume Transport Applied Research Program, undertaking research into the complex and interrelated issues of sustainable transport across Africa and South Asia. I'm Holger Daltmann, your host for today's session. Welcome. The High Volume Transport Applied Research Program, or HVT, is an 18 million pound investment by the UK Foreign, Commonwealth and Development Office, FCDO. In our first series, we are exploring transit-oriented development, or TOD. In urban planning, TOD is a type of development that can enable residents to live closer to jobs and services and reduce the time and environmental burden of transport and also boost economic growth. It has become a leading trend for urban planning in recent decades, particularly in high-income countries. In this series, we're talking to TOD experts from our HVT research programs and explore the nature of TOD, whether it can be beneficial to low-income countries it might be implemented, but also where the barriers are. Each episode draws on the latest HVT research, case studies, and newly developed frameworks, offering insights and practical ideas for a TOD approach. Today, we're focusing on lower and middle income countries and how the most used modes of transport, so-called informal transport or informal public transport, links to the concept of TOD and future urban design. To help us explore these issues, I was speaking to Timothy Durand. Timothy is the Associate Director at Vectors, which is based in Germany, in Bonn. And Timothy is a city and regional planner by education and plays a leading role in the het funded project Transitions, and we will hear later a little bit more from Tim also about this as a project. So, welcome Tim, how are you doing?
1: Very well, thanks, thanks very much for the invitation.
0: Thanks, and thanks for joining us. So, before we also dive deeper into the link of TOD and informal transport, tell us a little bit more what is actually informal transport, or as you call it, is informal public transport, and what role does it play in African cities?
1: Okay, great. Yes. Um, Informal transport as a term covers a a wide range of different uh, forms of transport, and these have largely sprung up as as a a response, a reaction to the limited uh, formal public transport provision. So uh, informal transport can cover, as I say, a wide range of different forms. There can be minibus provision of of transport. There can be three wheelers, there can be motorcycle taxis. So informal transport is quite a a collective term. Uh, What we've decided to focus on in the transitions project is what we've referred to as, as informal public transport. And by this, we mean that the larger vehicles, and minibuses, sometimes sedan cars. And the reason for focusing on these is that they, they serve more fixed routes rather than being more like a, a, a taxi form of vehicle where the, where the passenger determines the route. And also they have higher capacity, of course, so they're able to carry more people. So in that sense, they're less likely to cause congestion and, and greater emissions.
0: So what, what makes informal public transport informal versus
1: a public transport term we are quite familiar with? That's a, it's a good question. And in fact, informal transport isn't a very accurate term, although it's in quite common use. Um, we do find that informal transport in different countries is regulated to, to differing degrees. So, for example, in, in, in many of the countries where we've been undertaking the research, if we look at uh, Cape Town and South Africa, we look at uh, Accra and Kumasi in Ghana. Then there, there is route licensing for these for these informal public transport services, the minibus services. But the degree to which these are enforced uh, varies from city to city, depending on the capacities of the of the city. Um, and also that, that there is something known as self-regulation where different associations and unions can compete with each other on, on working on different routes. So essentially that, that there are licensing, there are often charges in place um, for these forms of transport. But uh, yeah, the, the degree to which these are enforced means that there can be illegal operators as well.
0: So in your project, Transitions, you also did a stock take in terms of the relevance and importance of informal public transport. Tell us a little bit more, how relevant are those for the people in African cities?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We we looked at uh, five cities within our research. I I mentioned already Cape Town, Accra and Kumasi. We also looked at Freetown in Sierra Leone and Maputo in Mozambique. And in most of these cities, we found that the the minibus forms of transport were providing perhaps 50 percent of the the motorized transport or more. So within these cities, it's really an absolutely key form of transport. and, and, And without it, then, yeah, these cities simply wouldn't function very well at all.
0: So, Tim, what, what are the sweats as well as the opportunity when it comes to informal public transport and TOD in African cities?
1: In, in relation to uh, TOD and the role of informal public transport, then I think uh, the informal public transport sector is often seen as a, as a threat in, in that there can be resistance to formal public transport systems coming forward. And uh, part of what we're trying to promote or highlight in, in, in the transitions project is that informal public transport uh, already plays a hugely important role in African cities and will continue to do so uh, potentially alongside formal public transport schemes. So it's important for us to learn how to, to work together when we when we think about uh, transit-oriented development or, or TOD, then that's about very well-integrated land use and transport planning. Um, and what we see from the informal public transport sector is that it, it responds very dynamically in terms of service provision to both planned development, if that's a new shopping centre, but also the the more unplanned informal settlement development that we see on the fringes of cities. As well, and that's a really uh, important positive of uh, the informal transport sector. Um, so we see we see opportunities there for improvements of the, of the services that are provided. If we think in a wider urban design perspective, then there is the there is the role of informal public transport in terms of what happens around terminals, and and so some of these are. The, the unions or associations have managed to find a, a site and, and they have uh, set terminals. In other, in other cases then the terminals are really located around major highway junctions using existing road space. And of course this, this has implications on, on, on what happens around what happens in the cities, around these, these informal terminals um, with traders setting up uh, to, to, to sell goods to people that are waiting there. So there are there are sort of although informal public transport is responsive, there are clearly implications and effects on on the surrounding environments where they where they operate. And another aspect is is relating to road safety and of course where where vehicles are moving uh, potentially in dangerous ways uh, to pick up passengers, to to race to each other to pick up passengers, and this can have implications for safety of all road users, Uh, so that's an important aspect that we also need to take into into account.
0: Thank you. You you mentioned in uh, your former comment about uh, good examples, so give us some good examples of where cities are implementing improved, or should we say good, informal planning and informal transport planning, and where are the challenges?
1: Yeah. So through the uh, through the project, we we undertook a, a wider literature review. So we we drew on case studies from across um, sub-Saharan Africa, and then we've also looked in more detail at certain cities that, that were included in the project. But we see there are a range of initiatives that we can we can really learn from. So if we look at uh, for, ex- for example Dar es Salaam, then there has been an initiative to restrict the sizes of certain vehicles coming into the central area of the city. So rather than many, many smaller 15-seater minibuses, then there's a, there, there have been restrictions to promote a move by the informal public transport sector to using larger vehicles entering the city centre. And of course, this improves the capacity of services and helps to reduce uh, congestion. Um, we also see in terms of working with the sector in, in cities like uh, Nairobi, there are the the savings and credit cooperatives, which helps to in, improve the conditions for the, for the drivers and, and people involved in the, the industry. And that can help to bring about uh, improvements to the services as, as well. Um, but I think from the transition cities, and then Cape Town is, 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 is really a city that there's a lot to learn from. So as I, as I mentioned, there, there have been some, some improvements to terminals, There has been the introduction of minibus taxi lanes as well in the city. And there's been a taxi renewal scheme as well to help improve the the quality of vehicles that are used and the efficiency of vehicles used in in the city. So what would be really interesting from our perspective is to continue the research, to look at the the longer term effects um, of these these types of examples of of better practice in in sub-Saharan Africa, and to also promote further exchange between the, the cities.
0: Tim, you have talked already about the use of the HVT funder project transitions. Uh, so you created a, a, a roadmap, uh, you created tools, uh, a guidance for policy transitions. So tell us a little bit more about the study, but particularly so really interested to hear some more about the tool.
1: Thanks. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to provide a, a quick overview of the, the transitions project. Uh, it's been running for two years and... It involves uh, research in in five cities uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. So we actually started with the literature review to look at what what has been undertaken in terms of research across sub-Saharan Africa. And we use that to really focus our resources in in the primary research that we undertook in in the case cities I I mentioned. So we undertook three main research activities. Uh, These involved a passenger opinion survey. We undertook uh, fuel consumption surveys as well, and then undertook stakeholder interviews. So those have been the main research activities, but then we also held some workshops with further stakeholders from the region, both union and association representatives, as well as uh, public authorities, in order to discuss as well our findings and to to, to, uh, delve into the the different uh, discussion points in more, more detail. Yeah. So, so the route map tool uh, within this this guidance, we're really trying to bring together two aspects. One is to to, to set out a summary or, or a cross city comparison of, of what we, the research we've undertaken and the findings from the five different cities. And then we're also, based on that experience and learning, trying to set out a a route or or a path that uh, public authorities could follow. Uh, in consultation, or in fact involving the um, the informal public transport sector, and we set out a series of route markers which we we think could be followed, or we propose should be followed in this regard. So. The first one of these is what, what IPT objectives and plans have been agreed, and this is this is really stressing the importance that it's it's not about the public authorities imposing something or the IPT uh, sector carry on exactly as they have, but rather coming together and, and agreeing aims and objectives, long-term aims and objectives for working together. Um, and then there's a series of measures that could be taken. So these include looking at the regulation. Uh, that's in place. This could include route licensing, which we really see as a, an important aspect of uh, regulation in many cities already, but often it's not enforced so well. So this is, this is an important aspect. Do we have the, the basic infrastructure in place for IPT? Are we providing uh, terminals, appropriate places for safe bus stops, uh, these types of aspects? Are we supporting IPT business development? So are we are we looking at how the, the business case really of these services can be can be uh, improved that allows the the unions and associations or the drivers and vehicle owners to reinvest in improved vehicles and look after those properly? So IPT business development is an important aspect. And then we can look in more detail at different aspects of fleet maintenance, how the efficiency can be, can be improved, how that in turn helps a business case. And then really, once maintenance uh, regimes can be improved, then maybe we can look at fleet replacement and, and the types of investments in new vehicles that uh, have been trialed in, in, in Cape Town and Dakar and other cities how can we look at improving the, the the passenger services as well how can we improve the comfort the safety of, of passengers as well so these are the different uh, just to highlight the main route mark route markers along the uh, along the guidance that we've set out
0: so that's that's fantastic thanks 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 tim let's talk about also the issues of of equity and in one of the um other in factors in many of uh, the other podcasts so people are brought up the issues of Inclusiveness, so um, it's important also bringing people closer to transport, to opportunities, improving access, which can lead to higher. But this can also lead to higher housing prices and gentrification. So, how can we ensure that affordability stays as a core principle in TOD in sub-Saharan African
1: cities? This is a, a, an excellent question, and I think uh, in this regard, of course, the, the the principles, the main principles of TOD, as as you say about. Uh, increasing density and increasing accessibility to, to good transport is as is, uh, is important in sub-saharan africa as anywhere anywhere else but uh, when we look at the models of tod from say north america or, or uh, europe then of course we do see this this land value increase around formal public transport schemes and this can have the effect of pushing existing residents out of the areas where they're where they're living so we need to think about how, what could be a an appropriate uh, approach to to TOD in in Sub-Saharan Africa. If we take the example of of Cape Town, which is is, is useful, uh, we do have – on one hand, we have IPT terminals uh, that have been improved. Um, and, and what is interesting here is that unlike in, in other experience of TOD from other parts of the world, where you have a light rail introduced or, or a new underground line, um, then, if, then you see that the, the, the values increase rapidly. Developers are interested to, 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 to move in and in, invest in these areas. So you have a land value increase uh, and this, this can have the effect of, of, of pushing, pushing the existing residents out of these areas as, as, as the cost of housing increases. The experience in Cape Town with improving IPT um, terminals was in fact that you don't have the same land value increase because you're not actually, by improving IPT, you're ne- not necessarily bringing in new, new clientele for, for, for all these public transport services. Um, but this is this can be viewed as beneficial because in, in many ways you're not pushing out the existing residents, uh, you're not increasing the housing prices beyond that which 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 the people are able to afford. So we could have a we could put forward a, a, a TOD uh, model which is which is in fact supported by IPT services as is the case now, and it may not have the same polarization effect in terms of land value increases and, and development.
0: Great, thank you. We, we're almost coming also to an end of, of the podcast. So, so to wrap up, um, what would be also, from your perspective is that the key issues also for us like decision-makers in Africa, how to um, implement a cleaner, more efficient and uh, safer mode of, of transportation and how uh, this should be also more linked also, to urban design in the future.
1: Thanks. Uh, what we've seen during the, the research and during discussions with with other experts working on informal public transport is that there there seems to be a huge opportunity for us to work more with the, with the sector to help improve the improve the services that are already existing in the cities. Um, so it's perhaps looking to decision makers, not just to focus on, on the major public transport schemes and, and ideas like TOD, which, which come alongside that, but to look at uh, more what is already happening in the city and how that can be improved. And, and for us, this is really about looking at getting the, the basics right, working with the with the existing providers. So whether this is basic infrastructure provision, which could form the basis for a, a a more, more uh, low-cost form of TOD and, and, and starting to provide this the certainty that these IPT services are here in, in the long run. Um, helping to uh, support investment in the fleet. And of course, this does also uh, involve some in improvement in the business uh, activities, business development, working with the associations and unions so that these, these vehicles can be well maintained and looked after in, in, in the future as well. So the, these are the types of lessons coming out of the, of the project and we, we think it's relevant for a sub-Saharan African form of TOD.
0: Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks Tim for taking your time today. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to find out more about the work of our guest and any of the resources, please check out the links in the description. I always encourage you to listen to the other episodes in the series where we explore a variety of other topics related to transit oriented development. Also, you can leave us a rating, hopefully a positive one and a review. It really helps others finding out about our podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the work of the High Volume Transport, you can check out our website, transport-links.com or follow us on Twitter at transport underscore links or on LinkedIn at High Volume Transport Applied Research Program. You see there's plenty of different options and you can obviously do all of that. The High Volume Transport Applied Research Programme is an £18 million investment by the UK Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office FCDO. The programme's new body of research aims to help inform the decisions of policymakers in low-income countries, make road and rail transport greener, safer and more accessible and affordable. My name is Holger Deltmann and you have been listening to Reimagining Motion. Thank you. Stay and travel safe Wherever you are, goodbye and auf Wiedersehen.